Reality, the podcast. Hello, Pod Tribe. You're listening to Refined Reality, the podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Joe, here with Tracy DeCane, aka Miss Money Queen, and PhD candidate Helen Gola. Hi, Bobby Joe. Hey, everyone. Hi, Ellen. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about a show that I really, really, really like. And it's been a while since this show has been aired, but it's the show is called You. It's a like drama slash. I guess kind of bad boy spin on a man that is everyone is attracted to a dangerous man for some reason. And the character Joe, which is the primary character of this show, he falls in love with women and he starts fantasizing about how the relationships are going to be even before meeting them. And the reason why I started watching this show was because I was really into like the Fifty Shades of Grey. I know a lot of you are going to say that's crap, but I, I don't know. It's just like, for me, it's kind of like fantasizing and kind of putting myself out of my own reality and just kind of relaxing and putting myself in a situation where it's like, oh, I don't need to worry about anything. And it's just like reading one of those romance novels kind of thing. But this show... You guys have to watch it. And I know that Bobby, Joe, and Ellen have watched the first episode, which is the pilot episode. And we're going to kind of talk about the first few episodes so we don't give any spoilers for any listeners who haven't watched the show yet. So we'll just go right in there. So what do you ladies think about this show so far? Yeah, Tracy, no spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love it. It's something I would have easily passed up on because I find the description doesn't do it justice. To me, it's like um, Bale Attraction, Ala Dexter with a little Mary Shelley twist. Um, I can see why they say um, Fifty Shades of Grey. It's not so much. It's the it's the it's the comparison with the main characters and the male and obsession and how. Is it love or obsession? And it's usually in these kind of movies, it's obsession and how we are drawn to these men because we think sometimes we confuse being obsessed as someone who is caring for us and would like legitimately do anything for us. Um, And as great as that sounds, and sometimes we just have this like, we just want to feel that so bad that we get caught up in all of that and then realize that there's always a point in time where it comes where, you know, it then has that negative, the negative starts coming out to that kind of behavior. So I can see it uh, definitely. And I can see the allure of a kind of relationship like that in the beginning. But then of course you kind of have to take that step back and say, um, this is not healthy. Right, because at first he comes off as like hopeless, romantic, misunderstood, you know, like I was watching this and I'm like, okay, like, you know, he's an intellectual. Is he maybe a narcissist? Like, mm, I don't know. Right? He seems normal at first. He seems like he has healthy boundaries, right? Because like when his coworker Ethan was like, go after that. And he's like, dude, no, you know, that'd be too stalkerish, you know, but then, you know, soon, as he's alone, what does he do? He sits and creeps. But I mean, 
who hasn't here, you know, been interested in someone and went to creep all their socials, right? But then he has like red flag internal dialogue. I mean, he totally fucking masturbates outside to her through a window. That part was, oh my gosh. And just the inner monologue that goes on to, like, goes in his head is crazy. And to think, does that go through every guy's head? Like, I know guys are sexually driven beings more so than women. Women, we tend to fantasize and create these stories and illusions and allures in order to get us in the mood. Men are more physical beings. And I think that's what what's the allure in this show, right? Because they're portraying this bad boy image where he has like that sensitivity. Like it feels like at the beginning when you're watching the show, it's like, oh, I wish a guy would think about me that way. Or I wish a guy would look at me that way. And then after it gets to a point where it's like, holy fuck, like this guy's really got some issues. And there's still women that are drawn to that it's like this sick obsession of having someone obsess over you or fantasize over you constantly and it's there's a point where it's like okay there's a line that has to be drawn and it's like where is it okay where is it not okay and i'm curious to know why why is this popular like what like for me it's just a fantasy but a lot of women take it that way and 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 bring it into the relationships and seek out those bad boys or those those kind of fantasies in men and I want to know honestly, why. Honestly, I'm surprised it's a fantasy because I have never had that fantasy. And so many of my girlfriends have talked about it. And at first I was like, what the hell? Can't relate. And then I'm like, I go on like online groups, like Reddit and stuff. I'm like, what? This is popular. Like I've never had that fantasy, you know? And I, to me, it's like, I, I, I feel like he's, he's got like a deranged white knight complex. You know, I can't decide if I hate him. I think it's not so much. Um, I think for some women, it it comes down to, um, and not I'm not talking for everyone, but like even from some experience, where it's like if he's not thinking about you in your mind, you're like, well, then what is he thinking about? Is, is it someone else? You know, especially if there's bad past experiences. So now you're like, on, you're more heightened. So that's why women are like, oh, you should only think about me. In, and at the end of the day, I think there's a self-confidence issue in in that um, in that thing. And my other issue with the way some of the men were thinking him, and then there's this professor later on, is this egotistical like, oh, they're doing this all for me. She's paying with a debit card, so she so I will know her name, or she did this just for me, or. Um, there was other things that they were thinking where it was all everything the woman is doing is for my benefit. And I was, I just thought that was a very egotistical way of looking at the world. And that's a kind of a good indicator of what you're going to get with this person. If that's kind of the way he's thinking. And And then it's a good indication of a woman and how she's, you know, how she's feeling about herself when she wants a guy to just think about her 24 seven based on your education, Helen and your profession, like, what do you, what's the difference between egotistical and narcissistic? Where does that behavior draw a line? Well, I, I think one is different because I think there's a certain balance, right? When we talked about the ego and the id and all that, 
it's not like one was bad and one was good. It was that there needs to be a balance. So the ego whole, having an ego is not necessarily a bad thing. But then when you go to narcissism, um, and I was talking a little to Tracy about this beforehand, like there's this, we think of psychopath and narcissism and both have, uh, you know, links to each other. And it would, there's almost like a personal definition would have just been like someone who, who learns about other people for the benefit of themselves versus for the benefit of really wanting the other person to be happy and for their community. So he studied people not to do good, but he studied people to get himself in a better position with either her. He didn't care about her happiness. He was more concerned about really at the end of the day, his own and getting what he wants. Doesn't he just want what's best for her? I guess he obsessed with just, her living her best life. You would think that that's what he's portraying in the show when you're watching it. And it also brings into the, it always also brings into light that a lot of women, when they see men like that, they're broken. You know, they, women love men that are broken. They just want to fix them. They want to be able to fix them. You see that constantly with women picking the wrong men all the time and getting into situations where you cannot fix them. So whether they have, like for Joe, the main character in, in this show, maybe has a really shitty childhood, like super bad where he's now broken and he's making it seem like He's doing it for the betterment of her. He's doing everything that he's doing, all these steps he's taking in order to get Beck's attention and try to get other people out of her life. And that's where you see like the psychopath nar- narcissism come into play, like Ellen was was mentioning. And there's a difference between the two. Having, you know, I've dealt with people who are narcissistic and it's not a good place to be because at the beginning of the relationship, they lure you in, they make you feel good. They make you feel like you're the only person in the world for them. And that's all what everyone wants. They want to feel love. They want to feel like they're important towards the other person. But then the other side of it is that Joe, he seems to be doing it for his own personal gain. And it's not really what he's doing um, for Beck's best interest. Not genuine, you feel? No, I don't. I don't feel it is genuine from watching this show. But I guess as you go throughout the show, I've watched pretty much everything and I don't want to give any spoilers. But from what you see at the beginning, I don't know. It just even from the end of the first episode when he goes downstairs and the, you know, like the plexiglass vault and it just has like this creepiness, this this really like you get this icky feeling that there's like something really sinister. And I just wanted to add that um, you can definitely kind of see it because we all know, like in behavior, we can see that she's making bad decisions in her life. And I was saying that I don't, I don't feel that Beck is a likable character because she's so, um, codependent on other people constantly. Like, I think she's codependent on her friend Peach because Peach is the stronger of the character in confidence. And she just follows kind of followed leader. And 
by him. He feels like he's helping her, but he's helping himself because he's getting these people out of the way so he could be with her. But at the end of the day, she's just going to keep making bad decisions because she does. She's not learning why these decisions are bad. Like Benji was bad for you. There were signs like everywhere. He even he may have lied with his words, but at the end of the day, he also didn't lie. He was pretty crystal clear on the fact that he really was not that into her. And she kept, she kept making those decisions. And by him just eliminating the bad things in her life versus being patient and just being a friend. And it takes maybe a year or two even sometimes, but he didn't want to wait. So she is going to continue making bad decisions. And, um, as we can tell, because she's with Joe now. So, um, I find it interesting because I find like she's kind of obsessive too, but like in a different way. Like she's so obsessed with uh, being irrelevant, with being special. Like, you know, I want to be a good writer. I don't want to be mediocre. She's so obsessed with perfection. And it's like with Benji, I was shocked because, you know, like you're saying, I, I do agree. I didn't hate him, strangely, like near the end of it, because it was like, oh, you know, like looks good on you. But, oh, the extra weight. I was like, what? <laughs> like, as if you, you just said that to her. And as if she didn't say anything back. You know, like, imagine if someone said that to you. Yes, this movie really, well, not this movie, but this show touches on a lot of social situations that we may have faced throughout our, our, our life so far. Have you had any kind of experiences with narcissism or people with this kind of behavior that you've seen or do you find that this behavior that joe is portraying in the show is excessive and is not realistic to what you've encountered maybe i mean personally i have had uh this is bobby joe by the way like i've had a a lot of encounters with narcissists but i'm like like i've dated a lot of different people i've gone on a lot of different kind of dates and i'm like my self-defense mechanism i find is what has kept me safe from these people, you know, where I've, I'm like, oh, like, as soon as I make something not about them, they're going to be annoyed and then stop talking to me. And it's going to like, they're going to think it's their idea. And it's just for the best. <laughs> like, I mean, I think that um, I, I, I don't think her, her pursuit for perfection and being a writer was that crazy because I think I don't, I don't really see that as obsession. I see that as, um, she wants to do really well in her career, which is actually the only positive thing about this character that I could really relate to is wanting to be great at what you do and what you're good at. I feel like if maybe she focused more on that instead of all the other well, use, useless things, she would probably be better at what she is. Um, but I just, I think that, so I think there's a difference and I think, we say narcissism sometimes too easily. So we have, sometimes people have characteristics of narcissism, but they're not totally a narcissist. Uh, so that makes to sense. An- so to answer Tracy's question, like, do you feel that you've actually had narcissists in your life or not really technically? Um, I'm not sure if I've ever had someone in my life who's been a full narcissist, like 100% like DSM, we can diagnose this person with a narcissistic personality disorder, but I definitely think I've um, 
had to deal with people who are narcissistic and have tendencies and criteria of some of that stuff in the DSM that were, you know, narcissistic. I'm curious and excited to see um, where this goes. I find because a series like this, like with these themes of, you know, um, boundaries and obsession and self-confidence and just it, it really plays like the storytelling really plays on character development. It's really all about character development um, and how they interact with each other. And I'm like, I'm really excited to see that. And can I just say that my favorite character is Evan or Ethan, sorry, the friggin' little cookbook section guy who's who just thinks about food all the time for work work related purposes. Like he he's they, okay? Like I I just fucking love him so much. I'm just like, oh, you restore my faith in men throughout the series. Bravo, Ethan. I think one thing that I brings to mind when I watch um, this first episode is how easily Joe was able to find out everything he needed to know about Beck and given the kind of circumstances in today's dating world where it's more social uh, you can find everything you need to know about a person with the click of a button and it's kind of scary when you think about it so one thing that I guess I'd like to cover too in this in this episode here is I guess cybersecurity and making sure that women specifically are making sure that their profiles are secure that they don't have too much details or information because it's like they allure that right so people are like oh I'm going to put more information on my Facebook or Instagram or anything like that and can be easily accessible and you have someone like Joe that's obsessive and that's visiting her without her even knowing. And he's like projected this whole relationship even before they even met. So imagine, you know, you have, you have issues where you have stalkers and things like that, but you got to be really careful on that. Yeah. But I mean, she didn't take any precautions, you know, like she just lines open comes out of the shower, you know, he's just fapping away. And that old lady just fucking opens the door and he helps her with her suitcase. <laughs> it just like stops and I'm like, ew, honey, like gross. Like your hands are dirty. <laughs> you know, would you hail a cat for me? And it's like, is he just hopeless? You know, was he traumatized? Is he a victim? Like I'm, ex- I'm excited to see, you know, because another character I really like is that little pa- Paco boy. He's so cute, but I'm like, where, where does he fit in? Because I, I, like to me what sticks out the most is a lot of um, literary red herrings in the show you know like um that big moment where in the first episode he's there was or maybe this yeah the first episode where he gives Paco the Mary Shelley Frankenstein and you know where is he actually the monster that's just it they want to portray Joe as a likable character even though he has these really horrendous traits that shouldn't be likable. So it's kind of giving that bad boy allure with like some sensitivity in there. It's a really fucked up way that they kind of put it into like play with this show. I don't know. It's just really weird. Well, I think what what they did was they made him look like every guy you would see on the street. So 
people think monsters come in uh, certain colors or certain like and by what i mean by that is like whether they're they're really big and muscular or they look scary or they wear certain clothes or have tattoos and um that's really not the case like it you, it's the sometimes the bigger guys are the more cuddly teddy bears and then this guy who kind of looks harmless is the actual monster um so i think maybe that was the point that they were trying to get across that just because don't don't let the looks deceive you because he you know it could just be a scary and i i thought that the little boy was a was a literally literary reference to himself that was him um when he was younger having lived in a bad situation and he's helping that boy because he sees himself in that boy and part of me wonders if that boy is going to become someone like him because he's pretty much kind of tutoring him and grooming him to be him. But aren't there subtle references to uh, Joe being groomed like that as well? Like, you know, little flashbacks of the abuse that he underwent. Like, do you think that that traumatized him and he's a victim, you know, because some victims, some people who are victims spend their whole life scared and like some become just like their abuser. Yeah. You hit the nail right on the head there, Bobby Joe. He was groomed and you can see little hints of it in the first episode and I know more but I won't share but basically that's what it is. You either be the victim or you become the abuser and it goes with any situation in life. You you have you go through a shitty situation, you can either go the wrong way or the good way and it's it, it's your decision. You can't once you're in that situation, you're put into that shitty situation, which is not your fault. The decision you make moving forward, then that the outcome you have to deal with. Like you're responsible for what your actions, what you do afterwards. It's like in that scene with the vault, right? Where he, ha- he keeps um, the first editions in the old books and that like eerie looking vault um, where the first flashbacks happen and he takes Paco there. And, like, something that stood out to me, uh, like, a quote was, like, when he tells Paco the most valuable things in life are the most vulnerable. They need people like us to protect them, right? And then he goes on to explain the importance of respecting women. And it was like, hmm, okay, why does, you know, Bex, quote, unquote, need to be protected? And, you know, the the stuff with his ex-girlfriend, was he trying to protect her or did she hurt him? And he feels that he needs to protect. I I wonder if, because he keeps talking about that, that girlfriend, the ex that did him wrong. And knowing his warped view on life, I wonder if he did the same thing to her and that all played out. And he either got rid of her or she literally ran away from him without her leaving a trace of who she was so he wouldn't find her and now you're seeing episode one with beck how it starts from the beginning how he starts stalking his prey and how it's gonna end and that's kind of the feeling that i'm getting um but i could be wrong it makes sense because like sometimes they throw in um like red herrings and like subtle past tense and i'm like why are they using that past tense all of a sudden? It just went from tense to past tense and the future tense. 
And I'm just like, oh, like it, it really keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's really interesting. I haven't seen too many shows um, with this approach to storytelling. It's gained quite a popularity for this kind of like telling of a story during a show. I've watched multiple shows like recently where they have that kind of plot where they go from future, current, and past tense. And I like it. Uh, not a lot of people like that kind of storytelling, but I really do. You get kind of a different perspective. It kind of keeps the show fresh. I mean, when you're constantly doing the same thing after a while, you get sick of a show. So it kind of gives a different perspective and it keeps like the 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 watch like the viewers engaged mm -hmm. i'm curious to see too um themes like uh, this old references they made about like uh purity and like childhood innocence you know where um he thinks that he's he at one point was like beck and uh tells her to bear her face you know well was the the man who took him like he was abusive did he bear his fangs like did he lose his purity you know did he become tainted by walking that line of uh, like how was saying you know be wearing the guise of a monster yeah because deep down i feel like joe is just like he's a little bunny like he's frail and he's broken but he's portraying he's trying to hide those feelings by doing the actions that he's doing and stalking prey and 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 being the aggressor and being the dominant one because he's so afraid that if he lets anyone in or he actually feels anything or shares what he's feeling it, he's like living for that person and i've seen that in relationships where you have one of the one of the individuals in the relationship they have no self-worth they have no identity they, they're just like a shell they're just like an empty shell of themselves and they just project like they just take in the other person and it's like they completely envelop them and it's not healthy being that way you have everyone deserves to be their own person and and enjoy life and have passions and be you know self-sufficient but in order to do that he hasn't went through healing that he's obviously needing to do and he dealt with a lot of fucked up shit for doing the things that he's doing in this show Helen, you watch a lot. Like, if there's anything, like, if someone asked me to to be like, "Hey, what are five things about Helen?" I'd be like, uh, "Obsessed with serial killer stories and documentaries." <laughs> um, like, you, we talk a lot about that, and like, you bring up some interesting things all the time. And I'm wondering, like, do you think he was he was doomed from the beginning? Do you think he could? rehabilitate do you do you think it, it, it's too late for him does are there any serial killers like irl that you think um might have been inspiration to to the creation of joe i think certain in in certain instances yeah you find somebody who will look back at other serial killers and take inspiration from them i think joe was created and i think but i still think he had a choice like there was at a there was a point in his development where he probably made a huge choice of where he was going to go and he made the wrong the wrong one would say he made the wrong choice that sent him on a different path along the way you still really have these choices, but as you make the wrong choices, I think it sets in your personality. 
which of course is dictated by your past, but it should not necessarily control the outcomes. But for some of these people, they do. Their out their past has a huge bearing on what they become, um, whether it's good or bad. I think our criminal minds, Hotch said it, you either become um you because he Hotch be Hotch helped people and he kind of made it seem like he was abused, but instead of becoming the serial killer, he became the rescuer. So I think you make your choices. Who are you going to become from the situation that you, um, the situation that you're in? I think Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, I don't think he could ever have been rehabilitated. I think he was probably the true essence of a psychopath. But people like Joe, who knows? Maybe at this point in his life, he can't really be helped. But who knows and who who really knows at the end of the day but it just doesn't seem like it but it seemed like somewhere along his path he made a decision that kept him going in a direction that um put him in this path to be where he is right now and unfortunately sometimes you just can't come back from that so given the show given what we've seen from Joe so far what kind of advice would you give Beck or anyone that you know that's in a situation where they're intrigued or getting into a relationship with someone that seemingly is harmless, but in the background, a fucking psychopath or, or a narcissistic. And in the future, they kind of start seeing those things come out into the relationship, seeing the flaws. What would you say to someone that's in a current relationship right now with an individual with those characteristics? run away and invest in a really good vibrator. Um, uh, that's funny. Uh, but I think what I, from, from seeing her with Benji as well, I would say that she needed to take a step back and be single for a while and work on her self-confidence and work on her goals in life instead of being so obsessed with, um, other things such as relationships, which for her at the moment was not something that she's ready for because she just seems to jump in with eyes wide open as well as protect your social media. Um, but yeah, so definitely invest more in yourself first and then get to a place where once you're super confident with your own self, your your own body, then you can think about being able to see other people for who they are and probably attract the right kind of person. Well, that's the thing. Like she doesn't have good self-confidence. She has really bad self-image. She has a really shitty opinion of herself. And it's like, if you can't like yourself or even just love yourself, like who else is going to fucking love you? You know, like you're, um, I remember reading a study once and they were saying how you tend to, be attracted to people that you find on your level. You know what I mean? Like people with like, um, based on like just shallow factors, they put people with like great self confidence and like they had sexy built, like stereotypical societally sexy partners. And then, you know, you'd have these people who look like models and they have no self confidence, you know, and they're with someone weird who treats them not that nice. It was interesting that, and I feel like 
no matter what she does, if she doesn't learn to love herself, she's just going to have, you know, shitty luck. Like she even said it herself. Like, I feel like I only attract broken men. And at first I was like, dude, that's kind of fucking rude. Cause like, imagine going out on a date and being like, I only date like, you know, for some reason, fat guys like me or ugly guys or, you know what I mean? Like just that kind of comment. But then as you get to know them, you're like, Oh damn girl, that fucking statement rings true. And I think, For me, I can really relate to her friend Peach because I see myself a lot into that character where she sees right through Joe's intentions and she tries to protect Beck. And I've done that personally, you know, kind of step forward. And if I see something, let's just say, for example, in one of my friend's relationships, and I know you're not supposed to get into other people's relationships, but I'm a big believer in not any physical abuse, mental abuse, or anything like that for that matter, because no one needs to be treated that way. But I think I really like that character because of that. Having a strong, opinionated friend that you can talk with and that she can give you like an unbiased opinion of a person just by, because she is confident. She has that, you know, she doesn't need to worry about people liking her too much and that's why I think I like her character. See, I like Peach too, but to me, um, I think Peach is like I ship Peach with Beck. I think they should be together. You know, I don't think Peach is a hundred percent confident and honest because I think she loves Beck, and that that's something. You know what I mean? I sense jealousy there. I I sense um, you know internal conflict from Peach where like the line between wanting to be a good friend, but also wishing she could be the lover. Peach is not what I would consider a good friend, to be honest, um, because she has some qualities that would be considered a good friend. But as I watch and some of the ruthless things that she is doing, um, I almost get the sense that she's like Joe. She does things for the benefit of herself and not for others. She does it for others when it makes herself look good, but she does not do it for the other person. So one could argue there is some narcissism in her and maybe even slightly psychopathic more so than Joe, but she's just, uh, she's a little bit more likable because she seems to be doing the right things. But at the end of the day, as we see her character go further along, we see that ruthlessness turn even against the people who so she so-called are so-called her friends and the things that she's doing. And it just it's it's too much. And I really hope that um, as I watch the show and not to give any spoilers that somebody calls her out on that BS. Man, I must be, like, behind because, like, I haven't got that impression of her yet. I feel like she was just, like, that, that tough love, like, today girl. Like, you know, like, I'm going to put that tough image, you know, put my foot down, man up, ship out, you know, like, um, hasn't always had people be there for her emotionally, you know, like, through her parents' divorce and stuff. So I, I, I feel like she's not forthcoming with her, her love. And it, it, she, I feel like she's misunderstood the most, to be honest. I don't want to give away too much, Bobby Joe, and to the listeners, but there are situations that come up in the future where um, she does something backstabbing to 
a friend and it puts her in a really bad position. And she does it in such a way that people don't know it's her, except the people closest. Even Beck is still blinded by the fact that it's her, except everyone but Beck, because Beck never sees anything that's in front of her face. Um, and, I'm excited to get back to binge watching. Yeah, so you, you'll you'll get to learn more about Peach, and she's not that. Um, She's not just that confident girl. She's also a girl who will do anything to get what she wants. If that if that means having to step over your dead body, she'll do that too. Ooh, the drama. Don't we love a good drama? But to you, our listeners, if you watched the first episode, the pilot episode of You, I highly suggest continuing on with the future episodes. And if you want to shoot us a line on our website and give us your opinion of what you thought about the show. And we'd love to bring those comments and feedback to a future episode. Well, that was refined and real. Many thanks to you, our listeners for staying with us until the very end for more about us and what we do. Check us out on our Facebook page, Refined Reality, the podcast. And a huge shout out to Architect for building our music. Like what you hear? Check out his info in our description. Until next time, get some R&R. Stay curious. This is Bobby Joe signing off. <laughs>